Thank you for joining us in Finding God in Video Games. In today's Rewind, we're taking a look back at, honestly, the whole Pokemon franchise, but a few of the games in particular. But I want to imagine this, first of all. This is a video game pitch that at some point had to have happened. Somebody sat in a room and said, let's gather together some innocent, wide-eyed, unaccompanied children with no prior history of self-defense, and let's have them explore a dangerous wilderness full of untamed monsters. Now, someone in that room said, well, but what would be the reason for them to do that? Well, with the intentions of having them capture and imprison said monsters in tiny round ball-shaped cages until they can make them fight for supremacy in an arena full of shouting fans. I mean, that part was obvious. Now, that sounds more like the beginning of kind of a merging of Hunger Games and Jurassic Park, if you ask me. But here we are in a world where that combination of those concepts has yielded one of the most recognizable franchises in the world of gaming, cinema, television, and merchandising. And the addiction begins again and again and again every time they launch a new title. You don't have to be a Pokemon fanatic to know that one of the most famous taglines in the history of video gaming is, gotta catch them all. I mean, to be honest, you, you can't even hear those words without hearing that song in your head. I'm, I'm sure of it. And unfortunately, while every Pokemon character from the previous games doesn't always make the journey into the newest Pokemon title in the franchise, there are still hundreds and hundreds of Pokemon to catch, train, and evolve into their various transformations each time. The new characters in each game are as lovable as any previous Pokemon. Most of our favorites tend to come forward, and then there's typically some huge gameplay enhancements over previous Pokemon titles. The idea of carrying these pocket monsters around for the purposes of combat made me think of something honestly a good deal more serious, but every bit as prevalent in our lives as a bunch of annoying Zubats hindering our progress in the world of Pokemon. Each of us, whether consciously or subconsciously, carry our own virtual pocket monsters into our real world each and every day. We just don't always know that's what's happening. I should probably explain that though. Every experience we have in life creates a fresh perspective and a new approach on how we deal with similar situations when they come up again. I mean, think about it. Go back to your early childhood. We didn't learn that the stove is hot by listening to a parent's expert advice. No, we normally figured it out by touching it. Feeling the painful realization the heat is quite undesirable on our fingertips and then staying far away from it going forward. The first time we fell off a bike without any kind of pads or helmet, probably quickly recognized the need for protection that we probably didn't really understand before. Learning in life is often accompanied by pain. Demonstrating the danger of failing to be more cautious the next time that we're in a similar circumstance. Unfortunately, most of the time, these take the shape of negative responses to future incidents that remind us of our previous painful losses. When we're the recipient of a hurled insult, an unprovoked attack, a betrayal by a loved one, or any act of sexism, racism, ageism, or any of the other isms that we experience in life, we tend to have a similar response. We lose the battle, but we intend to win the war by ensuring this won't happen to us again. We capture this little hurt pocket in a ball, and we feed this little pocket monster, train it to defend us, and then release it into battle the next time that we're confronted with a similar situation that even feels remotely like the pain that we experienced long ago. 
go because this time we're prepared. We even carry these specific little pocket monsters with us, carefully trained for every circumstance. We have what would be the equivalent of a rock-type Pokemon that we can unleash with bitter and harsh words when we feel slighted. We have electric-type Pokemon that are prepared to go to battle as soon as we hear someone use the wrong tone with us. Over the years, we carefully hone our responses like a master Pokemon trainer, always ready to engage in battle so we can prevent ourselves from being hurt the same way again. I mean, how many times have any of us, myself included, blurted out a hateful verbal comeback without thinking, and then immediately wish we could take back those words as soon as they left our mouth? Or immediately raised our defenses at a perceived insult and launched an attack with full ferocity only to find out that the provocation was simply a misunderstanding. Maybe it was even something as simple as a misspelled word in a text. This is the result of years of building up what the Bible calls in Hebrews 12, a root of bitterness. So here's the big question. How do we know if we've allowed a root of bitterness to become planted in our lives? Obviously, even followers of Christ can allow these bitter seeds to find a place in our hearts. And if they're not identified and pulled up by the roots, they can not only steal our joy, but they can even obscure our view of Christ. The answer to the question, what do we do about a root of bitterness, is actually found at the beginning of that verse when it says, pursue peace with all people. The opposite of a root of bitterness is peace with all people. Now you might ask, well, which people do you mean by all people? Well, I'm fond of looking into the original Greek anytime I need clarification on the meaning of a word. And this one does not disappoint. Are you ready? The word all found in this verse is the Greek word meaning, now we're going to go real deep here, all right? I'm a, I did a lot of research. So the Greek word here, what it actually means is it means all. All means all. It's, it's exactly what you think it means. So what do we do? We've spent years protecting ourselves from further harm by nursing these grudges, building these walls, and training these Pokemon to defend us. Now, what are we gonna do? Just release them back into the wild? Now, Peter is one of my favorite people in the entire Bible, and he clearly struggled with the idea of just letting things go as well. And when he asked Jesus how to forgive and relinquish his right to self-defense, Jesus had a simple lesson to share about the importance of letting these pocket monsters go. Matthew 18, 21 through 35, Peter came to the Lord and said, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. The servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. The master of that servant was moved with a compassion and he released him and forgave him the debt. But then that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not. And he went and threw him in prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. They came and told their master all that had been done. The master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. 
Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? The master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. If we truly understand that the Lord is the one that will fight our battles, we will no longer feel the need to build and bring our own personal, insignificant weapons of warfare to this battle. He is the one that will hold a fair reckoning for each of us, but we will only be forgiven in the measure that we forgive others, not for their sake, for hours. We struggle under the burden of carrying hundreds of pocket monsters around with us each and every day, prepared to do battle on our behalf under the correct stimulus. But Jesus has offered us a better way, the way to have true peace regardless of how we've been hurt in the past, not by building a war chest to face future battles more successfully, but by understanding the exact same grace that has freed us from our debts and giving that to others who have hurt us. We're not asked to, we're commanded to. Now, we may have not committed the same offenses to others as people have done to us, but this is not designed as an equitable process. I have a harsh reality for all of us that I've had to accept as well. Without the grace of Christ, I am the villain in other people's stories. Either by misunderstanding or intention, my sins have hurt others, just as others have hurt me. I have been the stove that has burned others on more occasions than I can count. But because of the grace of God, I have been freed from those failures. And because I'm grateful that his grace has covered my many sins, the only way that I can keep his peace alive in my life is by offering it to others as freely as I have received it. We may not receive the closure that we'd like from those who have hurt us in life, but we can ensure that we offer it freely to others all we come in contact with and kill that root of bitterness before it grows into a giant tree that shades everything we do in our lives. So please join me in releasing all of the po these Pokemon pocket monsters that we've been catching all this time. We've spent years collecting them, training them, and developing them to protect us. And let's instead learn the true meaning of turning the other cheek. Freedom from bitterness is not a power that resides in those who have hurt us, abused us, and betrayed our trust. It is a power that lives in us once we choose to allow Christ's love to do what we could never have done on our own, letting all of these hurts go. Forgiveness is the gift that only we can give, and it's a gift that's actually for us. So rather than go and catch them all, I'm going to ask you to go 